Hey everyone, uh, how are you guys? Uh, this is episode four of our podcast. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Hello, we're here at Signs and Potholes. Hey, uh, we do have a special guest today. Do we not? Very special. And yeah, why is she special, man? Because like... I love her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our special guest is somebody from home, but also someone who's away. Her name is Anne, and um, we just want to ask her to introduce herself. Anne, hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Anne. So my name is Anne. Um, I am family of Crystal Church, native New Yorker. And I am away. I am in Dayton, Ohio right now. Um, I am here serving alongside a refugee ministry that we partnered with. Um, and we've been just doing summers for a couple of years, and you know we decided to launch a nonprofit. I believe it was 2018 when that happened, and you know there was an opportunity for a long-term missions. Uh, I don't want to say position because I don't consider it work, but uh, that type of need was there, and so yeah. And I was always looking for long-term missions uh, to kind of happen or the opportunity to come. And then everything just aligned with timing. And so I moved to Dayton in late October last year. So I think it's, it's going to hit six months at the end of this month in April, which is pretty crazy because sometimes it feels like I haven't been here that long, but sometimes it feels like I've been here forever. I guess it really depends on the day, but yeah, it's been good. So I'm here. You know, a lot of people have been reaching out, which I'm grateful for. Thank you, everyone you know, who's checked in to see how I'm doing um, in the midst of this pandemic that's going on. Uh, yeah. And actually some people thought I was back in New York for some reason, huh. but um, <laughs> yeah, not that I wouldn't have somewhere to stay. Cause like, you know, I do have friends that I can stay with, but you know, I don't really have a home anymore there. So, so yeah, my parents are not in New York anymore. So, and um, from what I see, like in the news or reading stuff, it seems like things are pretty bad in New York, like especially New York City. So, and Ohio is not as bad in terms of like cases that are positive or even like, yeah, stuff that's going on. So, yeah, I've been here and yeah, just making the best of, you know, the time that's been given. Yeah, looking forward to when everything goes back to somewhat normal, if you want to call it normal, but yeah. Great. And that was a long intro. <laughs> before tell us more about the work you did before the pandemic hit. Um, I know you mentioned refugee ministry. Yeah. Uh, what is uh -huh. that? So I probably wouldn't have like known that there was even a refugee ministry. If our church wasn't involved at all, um, or if I haven't, hadn't been in Crystal, I had no idea there were refugees in Dayton, Ohio, of all places. Um, and some, some people, like native Ohioans, don't even know that there are refugees here in their hometown. They had no idea. They'd like lived life not knowing that people existed and refugees were being resettled here. And... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, for I guess for those who might not even know what a refugee is, because I think I always assume that people know that what a refugee means. So when I say it, they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm sure some of them pretend like, you know what I'm talking about. But um, I guess like to keep it simple, it's like a person, you know, who may have been persecuted for any you know reasons in their home country, you know, whether it's like religious persecution or war, genocide, you know, the list goes on. And, you know, they're granted, like, freedom in this country. And then there's also, like, asylees or asylum seekers, which are kind of different from refugees. But so, you know, we have refugee families who come from, you know, all parts of the world. Mainly the ones or the families we've been working with are from the, like, Republic of Congo, Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea. Um, Yeah. But I mean, we've run into like people from Iran and different, you know, countries too. But it seems it seems like those are some of the main countries that we see a lot of these families come from. So our director Pam and her husband Gary, who've been uh, faithfully serving this ministry, I think it's been a decade or more, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they started with just like you know, a heart to serve because mm-hmm. they knew there was a need, and then. They like built this, I don't even know what to call it. Um, to say it's just a nonprofit, it's like such an understatement and it makes it seem like it's something so light. Mm. It's just like their whole life is like almost, sure. you know, this refugee ministry. And they help with like everything from taking these people to doctor's appointments, like being their legal guardians to a certain degree. Uh, we do tutoring for kids when school is still in session and soccer, I think sometime in 2018 or 2019, that's when we started a soccer ministry with the kids. And that was like pretty busy until everything got canceled with school and stuff. But um, I mean, those are just some of the things that the refugee ministry is a part of. We also have summer missions where we have churches from New York City come. I know this year we were trying to get or we were trying to partner up with other churches from different parts of the state. But with COVID, I'm not really sure what it's going to look like. Just even the local or the churches, our crystal church, I don't know what that's going to look like. But hopefully summer won't be canceled altogether because I know the kids even ask about it now. They're just like, I haven't been able to go to school if summer camp or summer school gets canceled like i'm gonna go crazy i'm like you're gonna go crazy and they're like yeah right like, they're just looking forward to it. they're like am i not going to be invited am i not going to be a part of it i'm like no like you can come if it happens mm-hmm. i mean i'll say that really like really quietly because i don't want them to hear me say it but yeah i mean i'm sure it'll look different from all the other years that we did summer missions but yeah and then yeah, it's just like the list is endless. Like you know, Aaron, uh, tell us more about uh, when we started partnering because I know you were kind of in the forefront, at the beginning of it. Yeah, I mean, man, it started like yeah about a decade ago for us too. Um, you know, we we found Dayton through um, a third party organization that does youth mission work, and it began with. Uh, you know, building leadership for the youth and finding a space to serve um, some home improvement projects, uh, leadership, you know, development projects. And we've done that for a few years. And 
uh, I think, you know, people just continue to come year after year and one year turned into two and then kind of like to six, seven years. And we realized all the folks that came out uh, with us through the youth uh, development were adults now. And they were wondering, how can we do this? Uh, we're not youth anymore. What can we do more? And, and people in our church have been really blessed through all of those missions, services and reports and hearing about all the great things that are happening. And they also want to get in on the mission work out in Dayton, Ohio. And so about three years ago, uh, we, we began going as an entire uh, adult group from uh, the youngest in the Sunday school from about, you know, fourth, fifth grade, all the way up to uh, our, you know, our adult members. And it was such a great opportunity to meet with uh, Pam, the, the director there, and Gary, and all, and all of the volunteers who've been at it for a long time. And yeah, when Ann says it's like not just an MPO, it is a life's investment and work. Um, yeah, there was a lot of seeds uh, being planted and, and there's a fruition of that over over a decade. And we've been lucky to be a part of it. I think it's, it's a privilege to be able to serve alongside folks who are so dedicated and committed and who whose lives have impacted hundreds and hundreds of families um, out of Dayton and uh, it's been such a blessing um, and we're just so thankful that we're kind of in a place where um, our sister Anne is out there and what a what a what a way to uh, really stay connected and be there year-round that's like a lot of people's dreams to say we want to do missions all year all year round and we know the reality is some of our teams can't be there all year round then um, but just to know that um, Anne and the team and the volunteers are, are serving uh, you know all year it's amazing and I think it's it's really hard. I'm sure right now a lot of organizations, a lot of mission organizations are um, are struggling to stay afloat. Um, and this uh, pandemic has kind of impacted a lot of uh, missional work uh, going on. I kind of want to ask Ann, um, wh- what does the average day look like now? So because a lot of the programs that, you know, um, we mostly did besides like office work or administrative work. It, it evolved or revolved around children. And, you know, we were kind of going by, you know, the school and schools and their policy of not meeting and closing down. So we obviously couldn't meet. And the church that we also met at for these tutoring programs is also like a private academy slash school. So we couldn't use that. I mean, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't meet either way. So tutoring just got canceled um, until further notice. And then soccer also, because they follow like school and their policies that got canceled. So up until maybe last month, maybe like the last three or four weeks, we were just taking a break and just resting at home, which I think more than me like our director, Pam and Gary really needed, like they needed a break. Like they were doing 60 to 80 hours a week. And I just don't understand like how they have the capacity to do that. Like just in all aspects, I mean, but yeah, I think it was just a good time for them to kind of really get that rest that they've needed for a long time. And um, yeah, we were just home. staying safe and healthy and then we i know we have relations or connections through 
to or through Catholic social services. I think we've always had some sort of connection or and they recently started getting like um, food donations of some sort. And they're just like, we don't know what to do with it. And of course, knowing that some of the refugee families either couldn't go out or laid off or we thought like, why not, you know, distribute groceries. And this is like a way to kind of show love and support during this time. So we started uh, distributing food weekly. And I think one week it happened to be like three times that week. So it was just good because we get to see the families and the kids love it because it's just like, it's not just my family, it's someone else. So they're just like excited to see us and that's, it's been good. And um, we're slowly going back this week. We slowly kind of started uh, catching up on things that we can never catch up on because like the soccer and the tutoring was just so much like taking 26 kids to soccer when they have like, there's like 10 to 13 teams with three to four practices a week and games on the weekend. It's like, that was, yeah, it was insane. But, um, yeah, we've, we've always like had stuff that we always needed to catch up on, like whether it's paperwork or applications that we started for some of our clients, um, like just legal stuff and even cleaning, like cleaning our, office and center like it's just something you can't do because it's not a priority when things are so busy Mm -hmm. so we're slowly doing that um organizing things yeah it's just been a lot of like catching up like grateful for that time because i know once school's back and goes back into session or even soccer kicks in again like we are not going to be able to do anything else so yeah tell tell me more ann about uh, as the pandemic hit, uh, how it affected the refugee families and possibly mm. with? So some are still able to work from what I understand, but some, let's say who work in like factories where they kind of laid everyone off except like the essential people who are needed. Sure. Um, you know, it was just, it was like a big deal for some of these people because it's like, what am I going to do now? Mm. And the whole unemployment stuff too. It's like, from what I hear from even friends and like people in New York, they're like, I tried to file for unemployment, but the site crashed like four times. And, you know, like there's no access to like paper applications and like, you know, it was just like chaos. And I know some of them were able to apply for unemployment, but it's it's been taking some time, I guess, like processing. I'm sure like they're overwhelmed, like the government offices and workers. Um, And some of them have actually been recently applying to jobs because um, like grocery markets, like Kroger here, because there's been like an extra need because like so much is so much needs to be done because like restocking is like a big thing now because like everyone's hoarding because there's panic. So they've changed their hours where it's like strictly like we're open from this hour to this hour because we need like a large amount of time to like either clean, to restock, to reorganize. So they've been hiring a lot, like in places like Walmart have been hiring a lot. And I guess some people who've actually worked in those places before COVID, they panicked to the point where they just quit their job because they're like, I can't be out. So because a lot of people have also quit, like if there's more opportunities for 
people who are willing to work even in the midst of all this stuff that's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I visit one of the families I get to visit when I uh, go deliver groceries. I think they're a family of, I think there are like eight kids or more. And the oldest daughter, she was telling me, she's like, my parents both aren't working right now. Wow. You know, after what happened and I'm the only one working, but my, my job is like a part-time type of thing. And from what I understand, they file for unemployment, but I don't know if, but yeah. And so I'm hoping that this stimulus bill that went through, I know a lot of people from New York today was like, check your account. It came in through for me and like, check it. And I was like, okay. So I'm hoping that they'll receive something. Um, Because some of these uh, refugees were able to uh, apply for citizenship and gain citizenship, you know, after five years of being in the country as like a permanent resident or refugee status for five years or more, you're able to like apply for different statuses. So if they are, I mean, I, I don't know all the details of how the stimulus bill works or who it's limited to, but yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, I know we've been also getting lunch, uh, from DECA. I think that's like some sort of school. I'm not hundred percent sure what it is, but it's some kind of program and they've been providing free lunches that we were able to deliver to some of the families, wow. especially those with like eight, nine kids. Cause it's really common in these families. And they're like, they're always hungry. <laughs> like, even if they eat, they're always hungry. I guess like that's, those are, you know, kids are always hungry. You know, when they're growing, they're just like, you know. So, yeah, I think, you know, God's been providing in so many different ways of like random things, whether it's DECA, whether it's um, the groceries or just so much help, even from the tutors that, you know, we uh, worked with. Uh, they've been doing things like on their own for their class, um, for their personal class children. They've been going around delivering food, delivering books, like interacting in that way. And so the kids have been loving it. But yeah, it's it's pretty. It's hitting the kids more harder. The parents I don't really see because like when I go visit, they're usually sleeping during the day because a lot of them work night shift. But the kids, it's like in the beginning, they were super excited. They're like, extended spring break. I can watch all the like, uh, TV I want. I can play video games. But like, you know, I guess they can only watch so much. So it's like when I go <laughs> to their homes, they're just like, I'm like, hi. And they're just like, hey, mm-hmm. like, you okay? And it's like, they're just like, I can't explain it. It's almost like, it's like you're dying slowly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and they said they can't go out because their parents are telling them you're going to get Corona. So they're not allowed to leave the house. They can't even go in front of their yard. Wow. Um, so we've been teaching families like you need to get fresh air. You can come and you can go to your backyard. You can play like in front of your house. You don't have to go to your neighbor or like your friend's house. But so now they know, okay, okay, I can go outside. It's not like, you know, everything's in the air in front of my house and I'm going to get it. But um. Yeah, I think the, and it's to hear from the kids that they miss school. That was crazy because they hate school. 
they'll do anything to not go to school. But now they're just like, I want to go to school. I miss my friends. I want to go to tutoring. I want to go to soccer. I think it's just, they're just itching to get out of the house. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing how things have changed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To hear that those kids want to go to school, you know, let alone any kids. That's, you know, that's huge. Um, I wanted to uh, ask, you know, there's been fresh produce coming in, you know, yeah. all of this uh, type of donation where it requires a lot of delivery. I, I, I sense that there are items out there, um, but it's hard to access it. So you're out there delivering, whether it's groceries mm-hmm. or lunches. Yeah. Um, I know recently there was a, a, a package sent out uh, from New York. Um, mm-hmm. What did what did you get and what were you able to hand out and how was that helpful? So we got bandanas, which I, I've seen a lot of YouTube videos where you can use like rubber bands and you can use that as like a cloth type based um, mask because you can't get masks anywhere. And if there are medical masks, we should kind of give that to the medical health professional because they're the ones that are actually handling or exposed to, you know, the virus and the treating patients with it um so we've gotten like a whole box of that uh we got it like right in the middle in between the days where we don't get to distribute food so we'll be giving it out either tomorrow or friday which is when we'll be uh handing out the groceries we also got gloves we got like medical masks it's not the n95 but it's a it's a medical mask so that's great. We also got these handmade um, masks from a family uh, at our church. Like her and her daughter were making these things from home using like a sewing machine. And they're double-sided. They have different patterns. Like they're washable, reusable, and they come in beautiful different patterns. And, you know, I had Pam and we were just like trying them on. We're like, they're so pretty. And like, you know, we're just picking out the pretty ones. We're like, I want this one. And the rest of them can go to the families. But um, yeah, we were wearing them. This is like, we're just so grateful that like, you know, there's love and support in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never asked for those things. It's just like in conversation, you know, people at our church were like, so what are you doing? Like, how, how is like, you know, the ministry? And I'm just like, oh, we're just like handing out groceries. They're like, are you wearing a mask? I'm like, no. Why would I wear one? They're like, you need to wear a mask. I'm like, mm. they're like, do you wear gloves? I'm like, those things don't exist anymore. Like, it's all sold out. They're never restocked. So I guess when they heard that, they had reached out to our leadership at church and, you know, they were able to send over some goods. And I'm sure the kids are going to be very excited because some of them are really paranoid. Sometimes like I go into their house for a split second because sometimes it's like the little ones and they can't, they can barely hold like a bag of onions and I'm bringing like a huge box of stuff. So I lay it like on their kitchen table and I quickly leave. But they see me come in and they immediately start washing their hands. With my <laughs> dishy washing soap. And I'm like, sweetie, I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't have Corona. <laughs> They're just like, they said you need to wash your hands. Yeah. But um, so like for kids who are like extra paranoid about stuff, I'm sure they'll, they'll like love to see the bandanas when we give them out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to like, have that be a part of our delivery this week. So they'll be see they'll be getting it either tomorrow or Friday. 
Nice. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, and this is more of a twofold question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just spiritually, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. holding up. And then I guess the second question would be, what do you feel like the spiritual temperament is of the of the area at the moment as a, you know, you know, pre-pandemic now, you know, uh, if you can kind of briefly share that too. Yeah. I'm actually doing so well. Oh. Like, so when people, when people ask me how I'm doing, they usually tell me how they're doing first. Oh. Like, hey, like, I miss you. I'm not doing well these days. Like I'm having breakdowns and crying. And so they'll tell me stuff like that. And then they'll ask me how I'm doing. So like with that kind of mood set, I don't want to be like, I'm having the time of my life. This is a blast. So I'm just like, you know, I have my good days and bad days. Uh And under my breath, I'm like mostly good. (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, you know, times are rough, but it's, um, I think it's really by God's grace that I'm doing well because it's not that I think about this all the time. Like, Oh, I'm isolated. Like, Oh, I don't have any friends or family here. I mean, I do have friends that I meet here, but because like one, you can't see anyone here because we are practicing social distancing and everything that I know or is familiar to me is all in New York. So it's just like, I am here. And this is all going on. Like, so I don't think about that. And I don't think it's like me trying to block it out or me trying to, but um, I think it really helps that I don't live alone. I live with a roommate. So we like, we do a lot of things together. Now that we're home together, we like watch TV, we eat together. So it's, so technically like, I'm not like alone completely. And um, I think I've just heard podcasts or like watched um, different leadership and pastors speak about how during this time i mean all of them were saying the same thing about how they think like you know it's like a time where we need to kind of reassess realign it's like god's resetting a lot of things not just in non-believers or atheists but even within the believers and i was like hmm. and i was like what better time than to really evaluate certain things or really be able to spend time with god you know without feeling pressed on time or, you know, without juggling every other thing that you would normally um, be occupied with in terms of like work or other responsibilities. And I just feel like as it's, it's crazy to like sound, you know, so positive almost, because I know there's a lot of suffering and pain going on at the same time, but it's like, I, from my opinion, at least for me personally, I'm never going to get this time back. Mm. This is hopefully not going to happen again. (laughs) So it's like, what better time than to like, you know, really just discover, you know, possibilities or plans, let's say that God has for me, even in this season. In the beginning, there were questions I'm like, okay, so this happened like four or five months after I came to serve in this ministry. And it's like almost when everything came to a halt, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like I came to serve, I came to be a missionary on the mission field, but we're in, like, I'm in a position where it's like, I literally can't do anything. And I'm just like, you know, nobody planned this. No one saw this coming. 
So it's just like, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you just want me to do nothing? Am I supposed to be comfortable with this? Not that I always have to be doing something, but um, yeah. So I'm just grateful for peace that he's given me and just allowing me to take this time to really be still and um, temperament spiritually. I think naturally for me, just the ministry that we're doing, we have a lot of like connections with people through like Cedarville University, which is a Christian school. And so everyone that I've been connected to is a believer, (laughs) literally everyone. And like everyone, even people outside, I don't know why, they all went to Cedarville University. I'm like, is that the only school in Dean? And it's not. So I'm like, why is it that I only run into Cedarville people, even when I meet people who have nothing to do with, you know, the ministry? But um, so a lot of them are also medical professionals here. So, you know, they always ask for prayer, like in the midst of all this, like allow me to be the light. And I don't know how to do that sometimes because like, I'm like emotionally overwhelmed or I don't know how to talk to people's families when, you know, things are happening and they can't see them. And I want to be like, I know I have to be, I want to be a Christian, but in like a work setting, sometimes like, I don't know if it's appropriate. I don't know if like my supervisor will even be happy with it. So it's just like, they're like, I don't know what to do or how to behave. And because sometimes I'm a Christian, I feel like I can't be human when I want to be human at work. Like whether it's towards patients or whether it's towards my coworkers. And I'm like, I must be tough. Like to feel that kind of pressure um, on top of everything else that's going on. But um, it just seems like, at least here with the people that I've been surrounded with or connected with, they all agree that this is like a time for them to reset, be reset in some sort of way or to be able to realign certain things. um, Whether it's like an order of something or whether it's, yeah. So it's, I really don't believe it's coincidence that everyone feels that way. Um, and it's been encouraging to see that they can, there's like hope. There's so much hope. And I don't know what it's like in New York. I've just seen like usually the bad stuff on like articles of like, Asians getting attacked or (laughs) discrimination against because we are the ones who brought this virus in and we are the cause of, you know. So it's like people were actually worried and concerned for me and reaching out and like, are you okay? Because I'm the only Asian in our ministry. (laughs) Like even in my even in the church that I attend here, I think we have maybe like a thousand or more in congregation. Um I think I've seen one Asian. And then I never saw them again. So it's like in my town, I'll see one or two once in a while. When I see them, I'm just like, it's you. I'm just like, it's fascinating. So 
I guess they were worried because they're like, you're alone. Right. Are you getting attacked verbally or, you know? And I'm just like, actually, no, people are so nice here. It's like, I'm telling you guys, I'm much safer here. I don't want to go back to New York unless like things are like done and over with. Like, and it's like a lot of people, yeah, have been like serving, like, um, their neighborhood uh, people who like live alone, elderly people, just like hearing like acts of kindness about acts of kindness. It's been encouraging because I've heard bad stories too of like what people do, <laughs> like um, make profit off of masks <laughs> and gloves and stuff. Whereas like, I've also heard great stories of like people reaching out, people cooking, people leaving like coffee and donuts at someone's doorstep. They don't even know who did it. And just to hear stories like that from like a small group that I joined here, we meet online. It's pretty interesting, but um, yeah, it's just been really encouraging because it's, it's not all bad stuff. There's like hope. There's like love for people that you don't even really know. And it's like bringing people together. And I don't know about here. Cause I don't really go out <laughs> unless it's for groceries, but I have friends um, who are in the medical field in New York and I have a doctor friend who works at Elmer's hospital who, from what I read in the news, it's like the number one COVID hospital in New York city right now. America? And yeah. so of course it's like the first thing is that we were worried what's going to happen to her. Is she going to be okay? And she'll show us videos where they have like a 7 PM cheer. Well, that's when the you know shifts like change and she'll come out. The whole neighborhood is out. There's firefighters, FDNY, all sorts of people. They honk, they have their sirens on, and it's just like clapping. And I think at that point, it's like it doesn't matter what your race is, what your cultural background is, what your religious background is, but people are just so supportive and thankful. And people come out with like pots and pans and beat that thing with like wooden ladles um and my friend it was just like you know it's that's our 7 p.m cheer every single day and i've seen like northwell and other hospitals do it too and i mean just some people it's like oh what's the big deal or it's silly people coming out with their pots and pans but it's just like celebrating just like people not just the medical professionals but like life or um the patients or the families and i think as much as it's like sad you know the losses and the pain and suffering that some of the people have to go through because you know of the virus there's so much i feel like good and like i don't know it breaks my heart when people can't really see it because like they're just so brought down by just like the negativity of it all. And like, there's so much fear in some people. There's so much anxiety. And I think that's what reminds me like, man, like if they knew Christ, if they had assurance of salvation, if they knew what was waiting for them as a believer, like beyond death or after death, I'm sure certain people might still be afraid of death <laughs> even as a believer, but um you know, a lot of, for a lot of these non-believers, there's like a fear of the unknown. Like what's going to happen to me? Like, where am I going? Or 
there's just so many worries and and like the fear and anxiety like you know turns to anger or hate sometimes it's like portrayed or it's um projected onto other people so yeah i mean i haven't run into an unbeliever yet but um yeah i'm i'm you know one of my prayers you know in my um list of things that i'm praying for is that like yeah they, that people would just meet god and i'm sure a lot of people have during this time although i may not see or hear necessarily of things but um i'm sure there are people out there somewhere for sure so yeah i mean this is Anne, you know, uh, who, who can really uh, count her blessings. You know, it's crazy because I know that after Anne moved out there and she talks about the three, four month period uh, just a few weeks ago, I know her house flooded. <laughs> so she moved twice in that short time. And, and yet she's saying things are positive and I can name a whole bunch of stuff that's going on, but I think it's, it's a blessing to see a sister who can, uh, counter blessings through through it all and then see hope and see hope for others and and, and um, as she carries groceries and delivery and uh, it's more than that she's carrying a lot more than that to to the families and from home to home um for you know our listeners out there who who want to know more about what's going on know more about Anne, know more about the ministry um you know you can you can check out the website at nlsrm.com org um, and uh, you know you can learn how to support the ministry um, and just see what they're doing um, and so it's it's an invitation to uh, to those to uh, pray from where you are um, but also to support um, a lot of organizations these days are taking a big hit because uh, everyone's struggling financially and, and that's reality uh, so we just want to um, you know be, just be aware of that and um, we want to you know just encourage our sister out there uh, it's been so so good to hear from you uh, i know a lot of people are gonna love hearing your voice here and um, they're gonna be you know missing you and you're gonna get a bunch of text messages after this goes out um so we yeah we just want to ask do you have any, any last words that you want to share uh, before we end in today's time and and with that how can we be praying for you at oh, this time yes. and along with no longer strangers and and then we'll close out our session today mm. what was the first question <laughs> before the prayer <laughs> is there any last words oh last words we all going to be included in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> last words um Hmm. I'm always careful when I like when I'm so positive because when you're like low, down, low, and you know, someone tries to comfort you and you know their intentions are still good, sometimes it's still hard to swallow. I've been there. I've had people reach out like, oh, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna get through this. I'm praying for you, and I'm like. Is this supposed to comfort me? Am I supposed to feel better? So I've been there. So I am always careful, even 
after letting them know them know what my intentions are. But yeah, I just um I talked about this with like a brother um who's been just sharing that he's been doing very well too, despite a lot of people around him not doing well. And he also shared like I wish people can just see like beauty and, you know, the good too, not just like the negative parts. And like, that's truly my hope too. I feel like, you know, it's, it's hard to count your blessings or it's hard to see like what you have. And it's easier for a lot of people to be like, I don't have these things and I'm lacking in these things. And I just feel like when you get just like sucked into that mentality, it's like, there's no gratitude. And yeah, like I think even if we can just think of one thing a day, like I'm grateful for this. Mm. Or like even I feel like kindness too. It's like it's like it spreads and it's like almost contagious. So like if we can spread kindness in some way or form, and it doesn't have to necessarily be like monetary or even like doing something physically for someone, but shooting someone a text, surprisingly for some people, that's like hard and it takes a lot of effort you would think that it's just like how hard is it to just shoot someone a text or give them a phone call but i guess for you know whatever reasons that person may have or people may have it's it's hard and you'd be surprised at like what a difference it can make by doing small acts of kindness so we can do that and just see the good and just beauty in the midst of like chaos and pain like th- that's really my hope for everyone mm. and prayers. Mm. I feel like there's excitement like for my director as much as like things are so different now and things are kind of at a halt or a pause. Her and Gary and I are always like, we're so excited for summer, even though it may not happen or it may look different. We're excited for summer. We're excited for just like things to happen or go back again. And we've been getting connected in so many ways. Um, Even like the whole food distribution stuff, and just like talking to, I don't know if he's a director there at uh, Catholic Social Services, but he just, um, yeah, wants to help in so many ways. And he just talked about a lot of things today. And most of the stuff I didn't even understand what he was saying because I don't really have a background in like social work or nonprofit. But um, it seems like God's just providing in ways that are like unimaginable and like things we haven't even prayed for. Like we didn't pray for Deca to give us free lunches for kids. We didn't pray for groceries, but it's just like, he's just like pouring out ways that we can help. And it's been just really encouraging. And um, yeah, I feel like there are always needs, but he's meeting them. So um yeah prayer requests I guess that we can continue to serve like with love and gratitude 
positivity. Um, and I think we're always trying to find ways where we can show God's love or share God's love in some way or form, even when it's like tutoring, we have like Bible lessons, even when we take kids to soccer, like I'm always shocked at like the deep conversations or questions like the boys ask me about like salvation, about hell, about forgiveness and enemies. And it's just like, I always have to be on my toes like <laughs> and ready to answer these questions, <laughs> make sure I'm like saying the right things. But um, yeah, um, I guess for wisdom and yeah, for ways where we can not just show or display Christ's love, but be able to have, like talk about it. I mean, God's, prov- God's been providing like naturally, but sometimes I'm just, it's like a struggle. Cause it's like, where can I, and it's not that like, that's the main point, you know, it's not always like, I have to do this. If not, I'm a failure. I, you know, I can't like check off something today, but um, yeah. So I guess if we can, in the midst of all that we're doing, um, if those like opportunities and moments come that it would be clear for us that we wouldn't hesitate, <laughs> that there would be no fear and that we would be able to trust, you know, those moments and God during those opportunities. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And um, no, thank you. I don't even know half the things that I said. I feel like I'm babbling on. No, I don't even know if that, I make sense. No, that makes sense. Anything fun. that I said, I'm like, what am I saying? What do I want? <laughs> <laughs> well, for our listeners out there, you can join us next week for our uh, for our fifth episode. Uh, and again, thank you so much for um, joining us all the way from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. No, thank and, you guys. Uh, we'll be keeping you in our prayers. Oh, um, do. Yeah. Great for you. All right. Have a good one. Bye, Anne. Bye. 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 Bye.